I'm Frau Kagalia, and this is An Aromatic Life. So this podcast is all about exploring our sense of smell from different perspectives, right? Well, today we're going to have a little fun talking about wine. If you enjoy a glass of wine here and there, and you're interested in training your nose, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. You might be asking yourself, well, what does wine have to do with our sense of smell? Well, we can actually practice honing our sense of smell using wine as a tool, simply by drinking wine more mindfully, by paying attention more. You know, with age, our sense of smell naturally starts to decline, just like our hearing and our vision. But what's great is that we can do something about smelling, unlike our other senses. We can actually build our smell muscle. We don't have to let it atrophy as we age. Simply by doing certain smell exercises that help you improve your olfactory awareness, that help you develop your ability to discriminate odors better, and that help you gain olfactory memory. Doing all that has been shown to enhance your brain's cognitive function, and with that, improve your well-being. And today we're going to talk about doing just that with wine. I want to be clear, this isn't about drinking loads and loads of wine. It's about enjoying drinking mindfully enjoying the moment and focusing on the smell of the wine more than anything. And to help us understand how to harness wine as a tool for building your smell muscle, I contacted a dear friend that I've known for a long time now and who I had the pleasure of working with for many years. His name is Michael Circus. Let me tell you a little bit about Michael. He's a designer, a photographer, an illustrator, and a writer. And he currently serves as the Global Creative Director, Foresight and Trends for the Taste and Beyond Division of Furmanish, which just so happens to be my old employer and is the largest privately owned company in the fragrance flavor industry. Michael is super creative and always brings a unique perspective on the rapidly changing world of trends, content creation, and execution. He's worked personally with many of the most innovative people in marketing, R&D, and brand management on hundreds of products in nearly every category of consumer packaged goods worldwide. But more importantly, while Michael is here today, is that he also happens to be deeply passionate about wine. He's so passionate that he began taking multisensorial notes, which he branded as e-notes, about each and every wine he's had to drink since 2001. And to date, that's over 3,000 wines. We talk about how drinking wine in a mindful way, taking notes, and putting language to aromas really helped him sharpen his sense of smell. So, if you happen to love wine and you want to improve your smellability, that I won't hold you up any longer. Enjoy my conversation with Michael Circus. Hey, Michael. Hi, so, Franka. How are hi. you? Good, good. It's so great to have you on the podcast. I've been wanting to have you on the podcast ever since I had a conception about what it could be. And, you know, it's about all things aromatic and our sense of smell. But I know you straddle both fragrance and flavor in your in your life. So I thought this is a perfect opportunity to kind of blend fragrance and flavor together and talk about a subject that we both love, which is wine. So yes, that's exactly. what we're going to talk about here today. Not all the other great stuff you do, all the trends and all of that. If people are looking for that, they'll have to reach out to you separately. But <laughs> for the purpose of this interview, I want to talk about wines, right? Sure. So well, thanks for having me, you know. I'm so glad you're here. I think we've known each other now, what, 19 years? It's been a long time. Yeah, we can round it up. We can, we can call it an even 20 just for the sake yeah, of uh, conversation. It yeah, it's close enough. So I want to start actually with, which is just quintessential Michael Circus to me, with the word, hopefully I'll pronounce it properly, enolfaction. Enolfaction, yeah. yeah that's, uh... Tell me about that word and how you came up with it. Because it's not a real word, right? It's your word. It is not a real word. I I, I give myself uh, full full props for uh, for making that up back in I guess two thousand two or two thousand three, and uh, uh, all all that came about because um, our 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 dear friend Stephen Vanderkroyt, at the time former co former colleague at Furmanish, he he was the one who uh, who who basically turned me on to 
the wine world. And we, we got into it basically for the sake of uh, learning to smell better. And, and I was like, wow, that, that's really cool. And then, of course, you know, uh, that was in 2001. Two years later, by then, I'd already been studying wine, I guess you could say, just as a, as a hobby more than anything else, but with the sole purpose of really trying to get my nose in the glass to be able to make finer distinctions of what I was smelling. It was about it was really, it was the wine world opened up to me, no pun intended, as an opportunity to get better at smelling. Taste became secondary, honestly. And Stephen got me into the idea of, you know, this, this practice at that time of taking notes and lit- literally writing down what it was you were smelling and then finding the patterns in what you were smelling. So of course, in, in learning that, Eno, O-E-N-O, is is the wine is wine. You know, it's the world of you know enology, and you're an enophile if you're into wine. And then when it came time to put the connection to all things aroma, um, which is in our world olfaction, well, it just sort of worked because they one ends in O and one starts with O, and (laughs) actually they both actually they both start with O. But it worked well that it just sort of fit together and became enol faction. So yeah, I, I guess you could say I coined the term, but it's not really a term. Only you and I currently know about it. So so well, now a few more people maybe know about it. But, maybe a but, few more people know about it now. But yeah, I, I, it, it, I love to mix. I love to do that with words and yeah, try to put things words. together. You're good I love that. that. I love that idea, and uh, and that's where it came from. That's how it started. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right, so yeah, the subject will be wine, but let's talk a little bit about this whole connection between smell and taste, I guess, as it relates, before we talk about wine, right? Yeah, so yeah. tell me about smell and taste and what that symbiotic relationship is when we smell or when we taste. Well, I mean, obviously, uh, I would think that, you know, probably a lot of the people listening uh, would would already know, and if you don't, you're learning something that... Mm-hmm. You know, 80% of taste is actually smell. So, so when you're when you're tasting something, when something goes into your mouth in the act of eating uh, or drinking, but in this case for taste purposes, <clears throat> what you're really doing is the volatiles of of the aroma of the food are happening in your inside your head, in your in the cavity of your mouth, and permeating in your olfactory space. So you're, you're really experiencing more from the aroma, from the head space in your own head than you are on the surface of your tongue. Right, because those are just your taste buds working, right? Yeah, your taste buds are working. And, and there, there's some people who say that they're designed to be part of the hedonics. You know, it's like, well, it's, or, or the warning signs, it's, you know, the bitterness receptors are there so that you don't eat poison or, yeah. or, or, and sweetness is there to increase pleasure and so on and so forth. That, that's a whole other That's episode. a whole other topic, yes. That's a whole other episode, yeah. <laughs> and probably not this podcast. But, but the idea that you are, um, you are uh, smelling for taste um, is what, you know, where, where, where a lot of, I guess, a lot of things come from that you know that what's the um where you that where you lose your sense of smell the uh, i'm not anosmia anosmia yeah th- i mean that's and then and then subsequently people say well i've lost my sense of taste as well well it's probably has more to do with losing your sense of smell than it does your sense of taste um because you know there's all those things that you can do where you uh blindfold somebody and they can't tell if they're eating an onion or a potato or and things like, or you pinch your nose and blindfold yeah. themselves. There are things like this that you can do to, to, to test yourself with all that. But ultimately, the relationship is, uh, is, is, is one-to-one. And of course, with taste as a whole, it is a, uh, taste is an experience uh, where flavor is the thing, you know? Right. You know? The, the sense of smell gives you the flavor. Uh, essentially, yeah. Or, yeah. or at least it, it triggers the identification of whether or not you perhaps even whether or not you like it or not. I mean, yeah. you may not, you may, you know, some people, like some people say that the uh, the uh, Asian fruit durian 
which yeah. is like you know banned on subways in in in, in you know in some countries you know it smells absolutely disgusting but apparently it tastes very good right. but you can't get past the smell to to eat it right so you know i don't know it's a defense mechanism by nature you know so kind yeah. of interesting well yeah. let's talk about wine yeah so, much better than dorian yeah yeah no you're right you're right um so in terms of wine tell us a little bit i don't know where do you want to start with wine i'll let you you kind of start where where do you want to start with the topic? You know, it's it's funny. Why you know, wine is a uh, wine is funny in the in the sense that there are, uh, you know, there are, like you said, there are enophiles and sommeliers and all this other hoity-toity wine world space that you could you could get into, you know. And and um, when I first started taking the notes in my in my wine notebooks, <clears throat> you know, uh, people people were kind of would be like, "What are you doing?" You know, like. You know, why are you spending that kind of time? Like, you know, I have my little notebook and a pen and I would smell and I'd look at the color and, you know, I'm like really getting into it, you know? Yeah. And, and at first people made fun of me because I was doing that. And then people started, then it became kind of part of my MO. People just, you know, like, oh, Michael's going to take wine Michael's notes. Doing now his and thing. Just, yeah. He's doing his thing. And it, and actually, you know, in, in a funny way, it, it became became a kind of a cool thing to have when I was with a customer or something, because you could get into the conversation of not just the wine, but smell and taste and an appreciation of the aesthetic of the beverage, because wine is a living thing. It's, it's, it's from the grape and it, and the grape grows and, and, you know, you have all of the characteristics, which we'll get into about all of that, that become the making of the wine. And then the wine is in the bottle and then the bottle is stored or, or cellared or it's drunk right away and it's young or it's aged and, and things happen to it. And then maybe you don't finish it. And then it sits on the counter or it goes in the refrigerator and, or it opens up on the table and it's decay. I mean, there's so many aspects of it that change the whole characteristic of what it is you are experiencing. I was going <laughs> right to say smelling yeah. or tasting, but it's really in the experience. And it's such a multi-sensorial experience, which as you and I know is, is the world I, I work in. It's my yeah. profession is multi-sensorial experiences and wine enables that. It's, it's like, it's so available to anybody, whether it's, you know, two buck Chuck or, you know, a $2,000 bottle of 2005 Petrus, you know? So either way, you're still putting your nose in the glass and smelling what you smell and tasting what you taste and, and making it a personal evaluation of your experience with that wine. Um, and that for me became the, the beauty of it, if you will, that it wasn't just a hobby to learn about it, but, but, but your palate grew, your, your ability to recognize certain characteristics and nuances, as Stephen had suggested in the beginning, was to to learn to be able to smell better. Was something you could do. You could actually smell better. You could learn to smell better with a simple glass of wine, and then subsequently taste better as well. And 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 at the same time, enjoy a glass of wine. Yes. You know, it took Great all of five it. minutes to to enjoy it, but you could then also. You got better at it. You get better at it like anything else, you know, hours and glasses of wine later, you do get better at saying, wow, you know, you know, and, and this is way beyond the marketing uh, nonsense that's on the back of a label on a wine bottle. With the learning to appreciate the wine that way um, and taking the notes, like I said, you're, you're, you're then able to actually learn the category of wine and your appreciation for it increases as well. You start to really realize that there is a big difference between two buck chuck and $2,000 Bordeaux. And people say, oh, well, it's just, you know, it's just red liquid in a glass. I'm like, yeah, not so much. You can really, you can really get into some serious nuances that distinguish something that's not so good versus something that's really better versus something that's fantastic. And like I said, you know, I was talking about taking the notes. And when Stephen first um, introduced me to the idea of, 
of jotting down your, I guess, what would you call that? Your, uh, I don't know, your assumption, your associate, your, your associate, your, your just what you, what whatever you're finding. You associate? Yeah, your, whatever your association is with it, whatever your experience your language is. language for it, your experience. The language, yeah, it, but it becomes your own. And then there are, there's a professional language as well. And there are little books on that and little guides and all kinds of stuff. But when you're comparing it to what's written on the back of the wine label, you know, the back of the wine labels for marketing purposes. So it's going to say, you know, the, this, this uh, Cabernet Sauvignon has uh, his notes of, uh, you know, blackberry jam and, uh, you know, and it's very, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's beautified. Like you know, fragrances too. Yeah, it's floral. It's got a floral this and it's very jammy and it's, you know, they're writing it to make, to entice you to say, wow, I like that. I'm going to, I'm going to, and I also, so I'm going to, I'm going to get this. Um, but then when you, if you start to really get into it and you start to really take those notes down, you start like, wow, you know, well, start to smell things like horse blanket or barn or, uh, or baseball glove or, you know, and oh, you're like, well, yeah, you're like, and that wasn't on the label. You know, you're like, where, where are those no where is that you know right. so and yet you know and i've made i've made notes about white wines where i say you know it, it has a kind of a beach ball note you know and it's like you know that and you know what i mean when i say that like you have a proustian mind thinking yeah. thing where i, I say it's, it it kind of smells like beach ball and you're like I know what that is. It's and got then you that... suddenly smell that in the note, like in the. Well, there's that. There's the. There's the. You know, the power of suggestion and saying, like, you know, yeah, I smell that too. But a lot of people who, you know, some even my own friends, you know, uh, at the time will be like, I just smell grape, and I'm like, <laughs> no, you don't. There's no, you don't smell grape at all because you're, Wait. you, oh, or I just smell wine. I'm like. No, you don't, because wine doesn't have a smell. You don't smell wine. Oh, it smells like wine. I'm like, no, think for a minute. Get a little bit. Pay attention. What do you actually smell? You know, what what's in there? You know, that's what I love about what you're saying is that because I do this with my students with essential oils. Right. I'm always like, don't just put lavender together with orange with together with cedar wood. Just making that up. But think about what it, each individual smell, each individual essential oil, get to know that. It's almost right. like a mindfulness exercise in whatever it is you're experiencing. It. And that's my whole thing is smell more, be more mindful of smelling, purposeful yeah. smelling. And that's what I love about what you're saying here with the wine. Yeah, it's exactly. Like that, wine that's... or red liquid in a bottle. It's more than that. Yeah, and and it is, it is that being, you know, more purposeful of you, as it were, you really yeah. are paying attention. And, and, and of course, the way you said it, you know, putting those things together, pairing, if you will, becomes a very important yeah. aspect of the, of the wine experience in itself. I mean, you and I talked about it in our sort of debrief and the idea of like, you know, it drives me crazy, you know, when you go out for, you know, typical American Chinese food, and there's a family there with a bottle of, you know, big bold red wine and you're like what on the menu here even goes with anything like it it, it doesn't it's just in your mouth it, it doesn't it, it's going to create havoc you know it's not a pleasurable experience so um and and in that you know the winemaker who created that juice in the bottle is the one who puts those pieces together who's who who understands that the terroir of where the grapes were being grown, whether they were grown in, you know, in, in an ancient vineyard in, in the middle of France versus a more modern vineyard in Napa Valley or in Australia versus in Spain or whatever. I mean, you, yeah. you name it. I mean, there are, and for that matter, there are vineyards. I think, there, I think there's a winery now in every single state of the United States. Every single state in the United States has a, has a, has a winery of some wow. sort. Wow. Well, I hear that Scotland is starting to plant 
finds because of Look, global I mean, warming it keeps going further north, right? Yeah, well, there's that, but, but you know, you can, can you grow the grapes? What are you going to get from it? I mean, look, New Jersey, New Jersey, where I, where, where I am, we've got our share of wineries. Um, you know, without offending anybody, uh, you know, I'm not. I have a few in my cellar. I mean, that are actually exceptional. I mean, you'd be you'd be amazed that they're from New Jersey, and I've I've done that with some few, few with a few people. I'm like, oh, this is from New Jersey. Um, uh, that's 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 an exception. But anyway, the point is, is that is that you know when you're when you're putting that together when you're creating that wine from the maker's perspective he's understanding that the age of the the grapes on the vine the conditions the the terroir the earth that it actually that it gets its nutrients from and then the process of when it was harvested and how they were stored and what's blended with what you know not all wines are 100% um Single, vi single vineyard or single origin. They could be a variety of things. It's something's usually like, you know, it might be 60% Cabernet Sauvignon and then it might have some Cabernet Franc and maybe a little Merlot in there just to kind of round it out. Or, you know, you really like need to look- Like a perfumer, you know, but you're in the wine world. Yeah, totally. And you're, and you're working on it in that way. And they know that the certain characteristics of that particular juice at that time, if you will, is going to do this over time and become this and taste like this when it's six months old and taste like this when it's six years old. And, you know, some wines are designed to actually not even be mature enough until they're at least 20, 25, 50 years old. Um, not all wines are designed to, to age that way, but, but through taste and smell, and actually even before you even get to taste and smell through color, you can tell things like where it's from, how old is it? Um, you know, what to, to some extent, you, know, you can certainly tell if it's red or white, but some cases you can tell if it's, you know, like I said, old world or new world, or whether it's, um, you know, uh, possibly, uh, it, it, like I said, an age factor, you can, you can deduct by the color. And well, uh, can we and go then, through that a little bit? Because and of course, also one more thing, more Sorry. more importantly, more importantly, you can tell whether the wine is actually any good or not when you first open the bottle. And no. you know, if you're in a restaurant, the aroma is the first thing that that sommelier, the wine, they bring you that wine to you. You order a bottle of wine there, they show you, they show you the label, and then they pour a little in a glass and they give it to the person who ordered it and said, "Is this okay?" And and you have to know if it's okay, yeah. and the, the only way you can tell if it's okay, straight up, right off the bat, is by the smell. And if it doesn't smell good, the way it's supposed to smell, get rid of it. Send it back. It's not their fault. It's not your fault. It's not right. Don't accept it. And that's through the uh, through the nose. That's not even you, you. You shouldn't even have to taste it. You should know right away if it smells good or not. Um, it'll give you specific off notes, and some of those off notes are very figure outable they're they they're pronounced like they really come through yeah well they're 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 defined if you will there's the defined notes and one of them is mousy you know you know like mousy you're like yeah smells like a mouse and you're like you know okay so you have to have kind of a you have to have kind of like well i don't know what a mouse smells like i'm like yes you do yes, you, you know do. you yeah. know when there's a mouse in the house somehow. you know when it, it smells like a mouse and you're like my wine smells like a mouse and you're like yeah <laughs> Kinda. Or cardboard, you know, like it smells kind of like wet cardboard. You know what wet cardboard smells like. Think about it. You do. You really do. Um, and then if you get that note in your wine, like that's not supposed to be there. That's not supposed to. It's supposed to smell fresh and alive and beautiful. And if it smells like a mouse or a wet cardboard, don't don't accept it. <laughs> you know, send it back. Hello, okay. everybody. Now no one will deny no one will deny you that you don't know what you're talking about it's like eh, you yeah, know. yeah 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 so it's it's important to know when it's good but also to know when it's bad Hey, I just wanted to let you know about a great free resource I have available if you're interested in harnessing your sense of smell to support your well-being. Just go to the link in this episode show notes to grab this free resource, which will explain how smelling can support you just as much as other things you do to stay well, like exercising and eating healthy meals. 
I share smelling exercises you can do with essential oils, everyday aromatic items in your home, as well as nature itself to help you identify scents that you respond to most that can help lift your mood, reduce stress, and begin to shift your body back to center. So after you listen to this episode, grab my free resource and learn to smell to be well. All right. So you, you know, here you have this glass of wine in front of you. So you said you kind of started this mindfulness. So what are the things we should start to look for or think about when we have a glass of wine in front of us? To, to train ourselves to start distinguishing the notes, I guess. You know, you said the outside stuff like the Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, um, you know, uh, there are uh, techniques to that, I guess. There's the, the difference between the idea that there's a, a difference between what, what we call the aroma, right? And, the, right. and, the, and that between that and the, and the bouquet, the okay. bouquet of, of what's, what's, what's actually blooming out of the glass. That's why you want to drink wine in, in, in the appropriate glass. You know, yeah. you don't want to drink, you know, you, you don't want to fill the glass. Wine needs the air around it. It needs that headspace to be able to, and that's why people, you'll see, you know, people the swirl the wine, the glass, yeah. swirling yeah. it in the glass. You need the room to be able to do that. So it doesn't spill all over you in the table, but also because you're aerating the wine, you're getting air in it and it's, and it's releasing the, the volatile compounds. Right? Yeah. Yes, it's a re it's releasing and they're and they're going to start coming out and being kind of more more prominent and it kind of develops that bouquet that is above and beyond the aroma, if you will. Um, that gives you the enjoyment then, right, in your mouth. Yeah, well, it also it gives you the enjoyment, but it also it engages you. It, it it's like a it's like a it it puts you in that place. It's like you know if they're just going to pour it and you're just going to drink it. <laughs> You know, that, that, that's not that's not what we're talking about here. And, and by the way, I, I, I'll do that just as well. But I can't help myself to, to smell it first. I mean, uh, I mean, look, you do it with a carton of milk, right? I mean, you're going to, you know, you know, people stick their nose in the carton. They're like, oh, just to check if it's is it still good. You know, right, even, right. you know, it's almost become force of habit. And it's the same with the with a glass of wine. You know, you just want to stick your nose in there real quick just to say, oh, okay, yeah, it's good. Oh my God, this is beautiful. And and if you wait an hour, you know, the, it even gets, it starts to open up and it starts to get even better. And, you know, it starts, it'll change over, over its car, you know, the, the characteristics will, will reveal themselves over, over the time. So if you really enjoy the bottle of wine, the glass of wine, I mean, not most people aren't able to sit there and just stare at their glass of wine for an hour. So, uh, <laughs> I think that's why there's at least five in a in a bottle, but but you um, you want to get that you want to start to be able to identify those those characteristics, and um, you know and it and it's like I said it's a defined space where the aroma is I guess the the description of the grape of the the notes coming from the grape you know the smells of the grape itself what that is and then the bouquet becomes the aspect that's developed in the bottle and in the glass. So it becomes the, the release. So there's the obvious and then there's the experiential. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, I like yeah. the idea of just even before you start drinking to just start enjoying the, the experience of, of wine drinking. I think that's just a, that makes it that much more enjoyable. And I think it's almost like having a tea ceremony or having a wine ceremony in some way. Oh, oh, definitely, definitely. And you know what, Pete, you know, you, it doesn't have to be, you know, you don't have to be a snob about it or it's not, a, it doesn't no, have no, to be, no, a, not, I mean, agree. it's not even, an, and it's not even an obnoxious thing where you're like, oh boy, you know, look at the swirling and the thing. And it's like, no, it's a, it's like, you know, it's, it's about the enjoyment and, and not just drinking for the sake of hydration or for, you know, for, for the buzz, you know what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah. It's, 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 look, I mean, I mean, wine is a different one. Now there are people that do the same thing with whiskeys and bourbons and scotches. And yes. there are people who do this exact same exercise with tea or with yes. um, coffee. That's right. I mean, there, there, uh, I know people who do it with olive oil, That's you know, true. Yes, here it's in the Africa, very, it's yeah. the exact same exercise of, of awareness 
paying attention, focus, and and just thinking about it for a second. Like really get in there and concentrate on what connecting it is you're actually it. connecting, yeah, with, connecting it. with it. Yeah. And I'm not talking, you know, it's not a it's not a thing, you know, like you're doing it for an hour. It's a, you can do this in, in less than five minutes or two yeah. minutes, whatever it is yeah. you've got. But to to take a moment to to recognize the nuances. And uh, and of course, you know, if you have the ability to have, you know, four bottles of wine or five bottles of wine in front of you and you go to or you go to a wine tasting where you can experience that. If you don't just go to a wine tasting to just start gulping two ounce pours around the room, but you're actually going there to 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 learn about the nuances between all these different places and and things and the, the wines and the grapes and the varietals and all the characteristics. And you start with the whites and the lighter whites, and then you move to the lighter reds, and then you move to the heavier reds, so you don't kill your palate. And you, you know, you don't go. It's like you know, you you don't just jump around and go from the Zinfandel to the Pinot Grigio and back and forth. And you'll you got to go in some sort of an order. Tell and, us that, yeah. Tell us because some people might not know those nuances. So why do you do that? Well, it's it's start it's like way. anything. I mean, like like if you're. Uh, it's like the app. It's like having you know your uh, amuse bouche and uh, appetizer before you go to the entree, and then dessert is at the end. You yeah, know, right. if you, you know. I mean, there's some the the joke about you know life is short. Have dessert first. If you have dessert first, you've pretty much killed your palate. You know, it's hard to go back and now like okay, I well I've had lemon meringue pie. Let's have the lasagna. You know what I mean? It's like it 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 just doesn't work in reverse. It's it, it's hard. You know, I feel you, like it's also something that your nose or your mouth, your retronasal is, is picking up. It's it's kind of like the fragrances, right? They always tell you to smell the the citrus notes before you smell the, yeah. the heavier you know, woody. Yeah, before, yeah, yeah, exactly. You're gonna go, yeah, you're gonna go, flow, flow, I guess, work your way up through the genealogy in some way. I mean, obviously, your Orientals would be on the on the far on the on one extreme, and I don't know. Maybe your marine notes are on the other extreme. I, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I haven't I haven't done my fragrance work work in a while, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that I remember that much. I mean, I don't know. So, um, you know, but then and then you can get into the whole masculine and feminine qualities of these things, and you uh -huh. could say, you know, it's like, um, but those characteristics are are not, I not uh, identified. They, like like in the wine world, just like in the fragrance world the different characteristics of the different varietals of grapes are defined there are there are classifications of that and there are clear nuances that can be easily recognized so you know things that you would you would very very easily pick up because they are a, a certain part of that type so you would know if it's you know red or white for instance if you were doing a blind tasting you could you should be able to tell if it's red or white that's a great place to start just get to know the difference between the taste of a yeah i mean you would know red, the difference between red or white just in smelling okay just in the smell i mean the smell the smell alone would would clue you in right away that this is a white wine versus a red wine That'd be a fun thing to try out because i've never even thought of that really I yeah. know you've been doing it for 20 years now, but even that basic exercise is, is a good thing to try out. You know, have somebody yeah. put two glasses of wine in front of you, a red and a white. And, and could you tell the difference? You if, your eyes, if you were blind, if you were blindfolded, could you tell which one was which? Yeah. Right. It, it's not. It's it, basic, it but it's a good thing to try. Yeah. Yeah. But, but the those characteristics, <clears throat> besides uh, besides mouthfeel, which would also be a part of it, but, but mouthfeel... Not so much. Well, it, it could, you know, you could get a viscosity of, you know, a Cabernet versus the viscosity of a heavily oaked Chardonnay could be very similar, you know, that they have a certain thickness, if you will, that you would detect okay. to it, you know, um, as opposed to something that's like a Pinot Noir, which is a very light bodied wine compared as and it would be like similar to a uh, Poulet Fumé or something like that, with a very light bodied. It's it's thin, thin in the mouth, okay. you know. Okay. Uh, but those, those different nuances just in mouthfeel. But then, of course, you know, by aroma, for sure, would give that away. And and you like, you know, looking at like, um, you know, we talk about Chardonnay. 
which people, you know, would say, you know, are familiar with, um, and the differences between a Chardonnay from from France versus a Chardonnay from California, very different, and it's they're very different. Not the grape, if you will, is the same. The actual growing of the grape the terroir, on the vine, they say, yeah, yeah, but the terroir yeah. is very different, and the and the production is different. The way they uh -huh. make the wine is different. So if you buy a old world Chardonnay from France and a new world Chardonnay from Napa Valley and put and have them in two glasses, you'll you'll see right away that they're very different, yet it's ex the exact same grape. Um, and you'll see those differences uh, first in color and then in and then in the smell and then in the um, in the uh, in obviously in the taste and the, and the mouthfeel. So uh, for Chardonnay has uh, they say it's the uh, the most famous and the most notable of all the wines, the white wines. But some of the characteristics of Chardonnay are like apple, uh, buttery, the ones especially from Napa, very buttery, very butterscotch. Um, Interesting, yeah. You know, uh, a lot of vanilla, you know, all the oaky, woody stuff that, that a California Chardonnay would have. Um, that's, a, that's a real distinct characteristic of, of a California Chardonnay. I'm being gen general here, okay? Some some are not that way, but but in on the more familiar ones that people like, it's got a lot of those uh, more uh, creamy notes, if you will. And you know that's what drives me crazy is like you see see people drinking that with anything other than a lobster with butter sauce makes no sense. It's like you know you want to try to pair those things um, together. You know we talked about that a little bit earlier. It's like you you want to find the balance you're trying to create a that hedonistic experience of drinking the glass of wine a glass of wine should be part of the meal as much as everything else on the plate do these things go together you know so the beverage needs to go with what you that's why you you drink this with that. that's why people have a soda with their pizza you know or they have a beer with their with their with their wings or whatever you know yeah. you're trying to you're trying to find a place where the where these things go together in your head. So um, so the pairing of the flavors of what you're eating with the pairing of the flavors of the characteristics of the wine become that much more pleasurable. It, it enhance, they enhance each other um, as part of the mouth flavor experience. There's Sauvignon Blancs from New Zealand, which are considered new world um, as opposed to old world. And, um, and they have uh, very strong asparagus, bell pepper. Um, some some say cat pee uh, aromas yeah. to them. They have all these different characteristics to them. But but then a more finished ones like some of the ones from um, that are from the old world would be more um, I don't know more mineral I guess is the word mineral which comes from the terroir. You'll have a lot of that. They say flint. Uh, grapefruit, lemon and lime, uh, maybe pineapple, fig, a little bit grassy sometimes. So there's there, there are bundles of characteristics so that when you smell that wine in the glass, blindfolded, if you will, that not only is it white, but now I can also tell you it's from, from, from New Zealand. And I can also you know give you a sense of the fact that it's a Sauvignon Blanc. Now I know it's white, it's Sauvignon Blanc and it's from New Zealand. And I don't even, I haven't seen the bottle or the glass. All I've done right, is right. smell it. Like what and the sommeliers do they, when they learn, right? They... Yeah, you're, 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 well, that's essentially, I mean, yeah, that's, that's just being a professional smeller of and taster of wines and knowing yeah. what goes with what. Yeah. And then they, and then somebody like that would work with a, a chef or a restaurant and say, okay, what's on the menu? Oh, okay. And then you're, 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 your job as that sommelier is to is to guide the, the the customer, the consumer, with a pairing of what will accentuate our chef's cooking with with what you're drinking. We want this wine to make his food or her food taste better for you. We want you to in, increase your pleasurable experience with the beverage you choose. Their 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 education is in guiding you to a better experience overall right. not just in 
yeah, this is $6 more than that bottle. So we were trying to upsell you, you know, no, they're really <laughs> at a good restaurant who actually has such an, a, a, a a profession within yeah. a person yeah i mean they're th that this is their this is their their whole career and uh it's it's fascinating I mean, you can do it yourself i mean with with a limited enough you don't need to know uh you don't really need to study the entire world of wine to uh, to get to that place if you're already someone who's into olfaction and you enjoy smelling things and Therefore, by association, you like to eat and drink. Well, then <laughs> what do you know? You know, what do you know? You know, you you, you can do this, too. Um, and you can in, enhance that that experience wherever it is at home and or uh, or at a at a friend's at a party, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, any, anything I've 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 definitely taken my share of notes on wines. I stopped at three thousand. What? Well, you yeah. have a website with those notes, don't you? Uh, I turned some of my notes into art, and uh, and I created this uh, this this concept of cork prints, uh, which I'd done uh, started you know easily twenty years ago, I guess maybe maybe nineteen years ago. Uh, I started doing these cork prints, and uh, obviously only with reds. You can't do them with whites, but I turned uh, I turned the ones that that were warrant of being so into art and uh, yeah they are on my website a little plug there for me thank you very much but, <laughs> no, but, i'll put but, that in the show notes so that people can check yeah them. but uh but they are um they anyway that 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 aspect of it is uh is is those notes um you know people 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 were kind of into it they, they they liked they loved looking at the notebooks i mean i don't know i keep good notebooks anyway oh, and my my wine journals became their own pieces of art in themselves and then some of those pages became art for a show i had in uh 2018 and um which was called e-notes by the way it was o-e-n-o there you go there's that e work yeah right, right playing right along with the uh with the idea and so i anything i any glass anything i tasted i wrote notes on from zero, from number one to three thousand. Wow! And, uh, and uh, whether it was a uh, whether it was a new bottle or it was just a glass, and it was a restaurant or a friend's house or a party or a bar mitzvah or uh, or whatever, or at a wine tasting, whatever it was, any, any taste I wrote down something about the color, the smell, and the taste. Yes. And then I scored. And then I scored it, and I gave it a score. I gave it a. I always scored my my appreciation because it it gave me a. It gave me a sense of my palate guidance, if you will. Oh, okay. You know, what it, 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 you know, Stephen again. Stephen told me it's like you know that the, the the rating system was was to twenty. Twenty was you know gold standard. Is, is as good as it gets. It was a twenty. Oh, okay. But the fact of the matter is, you never really gave anything less than a fifteen. Huh. You know. So so it was like I never had any wines that were a three. You know, the lowest scoring wines I ever really drank were like a 14, maybe, and they were corked and they weren't even drinkable. I, I took notes on corked wines just as well because I wanted to know what was mousy and what was cardboard and what sure, was, you know, sure. you know, those were important notes. That's how to you differentiate well. the good with the bad because you need exactly. reference. And it wasn't, it wasn't until you've had something that you consider to be your 20 that you then have by which all other tastes will be judged and smells for that matter. So you you end up with, you know, until you have that 20, you don't even really know what a 20 is. Right. You can say, well, I think this is an 18. And you're like, well, I don't know what, or maybe I guess it is. I don't know, is it 19? Wow, this is really good. But is it is the best thing I've ever had in my life? Nah, not really. And then you have that and you say, holy shit, that's a 20. And you're like, there it is. Now you've got a standard by which all your other ones are judged. And that could take, you know, five years. It could take who the hell knows. Yeah. I mean, you may never, you may never have that. I don't know. It's a, it's, it's personal, right? I, I, I always kind of joked with Steven and said, well, you kind of, you're getting 15 points just for being wet in the bottle. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, as, yeah. I mean, as long as, up. yeah. Yeah, just for showing up, you get 15 points. As if you don't pour out a sand, you're already in good shape. So, 
And then everything after that becomes like, wow, this doesn't smell so good. So that's not good. And it doesn't taste very good. And it's this or that, you know, this is whatever. So it's your own judgment. It's your own personal expertise. It's what you, what you, what you believe, what you understand. And there's no right or wrong. If you smell, smell, there's no right or wrong. It's just there's no right or wrong. And if you, if you smell baseball glove, because it reminds you of the little knot on your mitt that you chewed in the outfield when you were 14, then great. Write that down. You know, that's what it smells like. If it reminds you of like, you know, I don't know. I mean, I get a Cabernet Sauvignon could smell like tobacco and cigar or chocolate or cinnamon and creme de cassis, or it could be blackberry jam, or, you know, maybe it's, maybe it smells. I mean, some of my notes on my Cabernets have, I've written down a very, for me, Proustian flavor tastes profile, which was the black Bordeaux cherry sundae on vanilla ice cream from Carvel. Wow. It's very very specific. specific, Yes. Very specific. But (laughs) But if you've ever had the black Bordeaux cherry topping on soft serve vanilla from Carvel, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's so distinct. That's the scent memory. Those are those scent memories. It's a scent memory, but it's a flavor memory. And, and you're like, you're like, oh my God, it's so good. Why is it so good? Oh, because this I grew up on this. I love yeah. that. I love it's black cherry, it's syrup, it's got this cinnamon kind of spice note to it, but it's the vanilla ice cream creaminess and it's all those notes. And you're like, wow, I got to drink that wine. That sounds fantastic. And then you add a little, and then you add a little baseball glove in it and you're like, this is amazing. And you're like, you know, but they don't write that on the wine label. That's not going to be there. You know what I mean? That's, that's, that's the part that they don't put in there. And, and, you know, no one's going to question me on that. No one's going to say like, well, I don't really get that. I don't, I don't, I don't smell baseball glove in here or taste yeah, it. And that's fine, like, right? well, okay. No whatever. What do you, what do you smell? What do you say? Oh, to me, it smells like a Prada bag. I'm like, okay, great. You know, go for it. You know, <laughs> I don't, I don't care. I don't have you Prada bags. So I don't know what that smells like, but yeah, but I'm just saying is this the, the, yeah. just the leather, like the new leather, you know, you open it up yeah. and you, when you open up that leather bag and you, and you get yeah. a smell and you're like, oh, it's not, or taking a pair of shoes out of a shoe box and I'm, yeah. I'm doing the, you know, there's a, you there's a note smell. to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You get that note and you're like, oh, okay. You know, you say that anyway. So you write these things down and you, and you make a little mental note and you, you, you just go from there. Now I will add to the scoring factor. Yeah. This is important. The, the twenties in my 3000 tastings, I'm going to safely say, I've had probably less than a dozen 20s. Wow. Less That's than a dozen. Very many 20s, so those are... Yeah. yeah. Now, the difference is those 20s were always never about just the smell and the taste. Okay. It also always included the experience. Ah. You want to add that, that element of like where I was, who I was with, the meal or the just it's it becomes a full full on yeah it's a full experience it's it's not it can't be in isolation it's not an isolate it's not like oh i was at a wine tasting and blah blah blah. i mean yeah i'll have a great wine but but to 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 have the full immersive experience and really be able to enjoy that and to take the time to identify all those nuances in what you're tasting and smelling that puts it in a whole nother level of of hedonism in your own little world you're no one else knows what's happening in your head and you can kind of enjoy that for that moment and that's a 20 that's a 20 and those are so rare and i could i can cite a handful of them very easily i mean the they become stories. They become, you know, little short stories, little vignettes that you can tell somebody. It's like, wow, you know, I had this and yeah, I was yeah. with this guy and we were at this place and we, and it was like, had this view amazing. or the music was playing like this. Yeah. Everything, all the senses were in play. All the senses came together in this space. And it was like, wow, I need to capture this. I'm, I'm noting this. 
as a 20, you know, and uh, you don't have that every day. You don't want that every day. I mean, if you wanted that every day, you'd, you'd have a, that'd be a problem. But, but, but to, but to just pay attention to, to know that when those happen, that you noted it and you made a, you made a conscious effort to, to, to be aware of the, what was actually happening right there, right then. It's, it's magic. It's really magic. And, and this, this whole piece of smelling and tasting comp makes it, makes it so much more pleasurable. You know, I mean, that's what it's all about. It's not yeah. just, oh, let's pour Cause you know, with this past year and the pandemic, a lot of people are drinking a lot of wine and I think they're just drinking for the sake of drinking. So this is an opportunity to take it to the next level. Yeah, and that and that's and that's all that that it's about. I mean, and and you know, I mean, uh, with all the, um, I mean, you could get into so many of the nuances like we talked about, and the, you know, the different the different calibers of different types of aroma and the intensities and all this kind of stuff. And that, and like you would with anything else. I mean, you know, I mean, anybody who's 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 practicing olfaction and smelling and and being aware of that you can pick any subject matter to work with in that regard. Like, like I mentioned, some of the other liquid places you can, you can play with that, you know, from olive oil to, to, to teas and, and um, coffees or, or whiskeys for that matter. They, uh, once you start applying that, that kind of thinking to what it is you're enjoying, um, well, it, it, it only heightens the, uh, that heightens that level of uh, appreciation, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. And yeah. that's and that's why it's called enol faction, you know, because it's 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 it's, it's you know it's uh it's 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 not just wine. It's it's the it's the science also. It's the eno. It's the it's the whole world of of what that is, which is enology. The world of wine is an enology and and viniculture, if you will, and and when when you really start to look into it, it's, it becomes just, you know, it's a, it's a nice, it's a nice hobby that changes your, your dining and eating pleasure for the rest of your life. But it also, you know, professionally or, or even just, you know, uh, you know, in, in a, in a, Casual. In, a fun, in a fun way. Yeah. Just to be able to, you know, to apply it to everything else you're, you're you're working with when you're when you're smelling you know when you're when you're working with something like that you, you really get a a good sense of uh of your senses you know a sense yeah, of your yeah, senses yeah. i've taken up an an hour of your time i really want to thank you for being here there's so many more <laughs> things we could probably talk about <laughs> for sure but i do want to finish with something that i do with all my guests i want to ask you my questions, right? Um, yeah. I think I, I gave them to you ahead of time, so you have an idea of what I want to. That talk doesn't about. that doesn't mean anything that you gave them to me ahead of time. I mean, I, I gave them some thought, you know. Okay, good. Well, you're a spontaneous guy. You're a creative guy. So, <laughs> um, right now, tell me what is your favorite smell? My favorite smell, like you know, uh, to narrow. I mean, look, I don't know. I I haven't. I'll be honest. I don't know what other people are answering on this space to say. You know, is it is it the smell of coming into the house when my wife's just made, you know, fresh chicken soup that's been cooking for an hour on the stove? And there's that smell that just takes me back to every other house in my life where someone's been making chicken soup. And, you know, it's both of my grandmothers and then my own mother and then, you know, and and my, my wife for 30 years. I mean, you know, like that that that's a favorite smell. But I also just love the smell of, you know, maple syrup, you know, I mean, for me, I mean, um, I, my, my favorite flavor and smell is, is maple. I love maple. Oh. Um, so, you know, I, I was kind of, you know, is that, is that a characteristic? I don't know, but there's no right here. There's just whatever you're, you know, all of that is good. Yeah. And, and, you know, so I, I, I do love that, you know, uh, so, I, but you can't see him right now, but he's got a big smile on his face when he talks about the smell. So definitely <laughs> there's some of your favorite. I do. I do. No doubt about it. I mean, you can't help it. You know, yeah. right, when, right, I, right. when I think, when I think about those tastes and those smells 
they make me smile. They, they definitely make me smile. No doubt about so, it. I don't know if the next question is similar to what you just said, but do you have a favorite scent memory? Well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I mean, I've got, I've got scent memories that, uh, that, that, that do that. I mean, you know, that every once in a while they, they hit you and they take you someplace yeah. that would be, you know, true Proust like in every respect, you know, but, um, you know, I mean, it's sometimes it's just the smell of classic copper tone at the beach, yes. you know, which, which just takes me back to just, you know, every pool or whatever I've, I, you know what, that reminds me. <laughs> yes. This is, this, this, this is, a, this is a smell that will, that really is a, uh, that, that, that does that. When I go swimming, which isn't all that often, but in the summer, the heat of the summer, and you go to the pool and it's the end of the day and you've gone, you were in the water and you've been chlorinated now yes. and you come out of the pool and you've got your towel, okay? That's laundered towel. And you don't lay it on the lounge chair, but you lay it on the hot concrete next to the pool. Yes. And then you lay down on that to dry. Yes. And there's a trifecta of notes that come together. It's the, the wet, hot concrete with the laundry, steamy towel, yes. and your own chlorinated body all coming together in a rush of, of notes that is the same smell for 57 years for me. It's never changed. It's the exact same thing. And when I close my eyes, I could be five years old in that yeah. note. Yeah. It's unbelievable. It never, it makes me cry. It never changes. There you go. That's it. Right. That's then? the one. That's, That's the one. That memory. Yeah, I, I, I can memory. relate to that. I mean, I might have my own interpretation of that, but I can relate to that. I don't know how many times I was at that pool when I was young and yeah, I, and the sun yeah. down on some days. Anywhere. It could be anywhere. Yeah. It it something about that comes together. It's not one thing. It's a it's a combination of those things that hits your head in that moment. And you're like, holy shit. I'm like, I could be, I could be any age I ever was at any time in this moment and feel that way. Right, right. No, that's yeah. a good one. Well done. <laughs> so the last hey, one. I just it just came to me. I don't even know. I mean, like, wow, you know. Yeah, well, yeah. The more we talk about smells and scents. Yeah, totally. Things totally. come back to you. That's why I love yeah. having conversations. Um, the last question would be, what five smells, and I say smells because they don't have to be just, you know, it's not like a fine fragrance or this or that. Yeah. It, it's whatever smell it is. What yeah. five smells describe you? Yeah. Most people don't know you. So how yeah. do you describe yourself in five smells? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, I would, uh, I, I mean, I'll be honest. This is the one I actually talked about with my wife last night. Good, I'm good. Like, yeah, well, I was like, what, what, right? what the hell? Like, what am I saying here? I mean, it's, you know. You're so crazy I, guy, I'm so sure. So I was like, okay, well, I would say, okay. Uh, the first one that came to her mind was, was uh, fireplace or campfire. Okay, good. That's How many is that? One? <laughs> is that one <laughs> or two? Good start. <laughs> uh, the other, the next one would be, uh, I would, uh, I would include crayons crayola crayon yes, yes. the 64 box in the cardboard box with their with the built-in uh sharpener the smell of crayons is uh is right up there They're, for all those reasons for all um, yeah for, for all those reasons i would add i would add this one's this one's a little obscure but uh the smell of a mom and pop hardware store let me think about that one for a minute. Yeah. Not I'm not talking Ace Hardware Home Depot shit. I'm talking about going into a locals only true, you know, ring the little bell on the door, yeah. go in and when you walk in, there's a headspace that's 30 to 50 years old of hardware and nuts and bolts and wood and paint and turpentine and all that. It's just a hard, it's a hardware stern note. I don't know. Somebody needs to do a headspace and make a candle out of that. I would buy it in a second <laughs> because where is hardware store? And, and uh, 
So for if you're listening and you know what I'm talking about, you know exactly what I'm talking about. That's a that's a very distinct smell. That's a candle um, made, yes. Yeah. The same would be said, I, I would say about the smell for me, that would depend of a good book. Mm-hmm. A fresh book, a new book. A new notebook. A new notebook. The smell of a new notebook. The yeah. smell of a moleskin when you open it up. It's the it's the hardcover, it's the paper. With a printed book, there's the ink note that I love, kind of like maybe in a sidebar, new magazine, you know. Yeah. I had a I had a guy, God rest his soul, you know, John Clemo, you know, he uh he used to freak out if someone opened his magazines be- when they first came. Do really? not oh do not open my magazine before I before I get it first. And it was not about the creasing. He wanted that smell. He loved the the, the smell of a new of a fresh printed magazine yes, or a yes. book. There's there's the ink and the paper and the glue and the the fragrance samples is. inside. The, the little yeah, stuff. the fragrance and whatever it is. I mean, for him, it was about the Vogue. You know, the new Vogue. Yeah. I mean, my yeah. God. So uh, yeah. So yeah. So I would add that to the mix. How many is that now? Is that four or five? Four. And and then and then uh, for me, I mean, I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll throw in that that copper tone note. You know, I mean, Hawaiian Tropic original oil suntan lotion for me is uh, it just uh, in the oil. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I that just puts me someplace else. You know, it's eighties. I have to say. Yeah, but it also it also does it define me? I, I mean, I guess in a way because I'm I'm definitely more of a beach person than a, you know, whatever, but what a summer, I, I'm a spring baby. So I, I like those warming ideas. So, so, and, but, you know, I, I like, well, I like that. I like that part of it. So how's that? Is that a good list? Perfect. That's a great list. By the I, way, if any, feel free to make me that fragrance. That sounds, that sounds like an awesome fragrance right there. You know, so. all for <laughs> out there, this is a calling for you. See if you can make any of those fragrances. If nothing else, just the hardware store. Yeah. <laughs> that would be very interesting yeah oh yeah. good 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 well thank you michael hey so much you. fun I'm, I'm very happy you're you're doing this kind of thing and getting it out there i hope uh wish you really uh, a lot of success with it so thanks a lot for having me on that was fun wasn't it i hope it gave you some ideas about how to keep your sense of smell sharp if you're interested in learning more about michael's e-notes and other creative endeavors Be sure to go to the show notes where I give you the links to learn more about Michael's work and where to follow him on social media. Right now, as always, I wanted to do a really quick wrap up. Let's just take a minute to reflect on what we can take away from this conversation. So for me, the biggest takeaway is to really enjoy the moment. In the case of drinking a glass of wine, taking it all in, enjoy the place where you're drinking the wine, the people you're with, the occasion you might or might not be celebrating. And enjoy the experience of the wine's aroma as it sits in the glass and develops its bouquet. Enjoy the pleasure of sticking your nose in the glass and seeing if you can recognize any familiar notes. Remember, there's no right or wrong. It's only what you believe it to smell like. You know, so often I'm drinking a glass of wine of anything, really. It can even be tea or coffee. And it'll just be something I do subconsciously while I'm doing something else. Well, instead of making the drinking a backdrop to what you're doing, maybe think about bringing it to the forefront and make it to the center of your experience. Notice the color, the aroma, the viscosity as you drink it. And more importantly, notice how you're feeling while you drink. Your emotions play such a pivotal role in how you experience an aroma, how you perceive a smell. And then there's training the brain, building the smell muscle. If you're really ambitious and you want to improve your ability to smell, then try doing what Michael did. Start writing things down. Start with the first glass of wine or the next one you have. Write down the occasion, the color. Use language to describe the aroma and the taste. And then give it a score from 1 to 20. You can build a baseline and then compare wines to each other. It's really all about learning to discriminate odors, being able to differentiate one wine from the other. Try it out and let me know how it goes. 
I'd love to hear what you thought of the episode. Send me a voicemail. Let me know your thoughts. It's really easy to do. There's a link right in the show notes, which will take you to where you can leave me a voicemail. I'd love to hear from you. Thank you for joining me on An Aromatic Life. If you're interested in learning more about your sense of smell from all different perspectives, subscribe to the podcast and invite your friends too. And it would be really helpful if you could rate the podcast so it helps others find it too. I also invite you to check out my website, falkaromatherapy.com, where you'll find information about workshops, courses, and other programs I offer. And make sure you grab my free audio training, How to Smell to Be Well, which you can download from my website. Until next time, remember to smell everything and have a wonderful day.